Ghosts are horny. Spooky. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Nice. We're back in person. We Hooray! Are. Yeah. I can't tell. Apologies for the dog barking last time. He was very unsettled. Buddy puppy. That's true. How could I stay angry at such a cute face? He is adorable. He's such a cute old man. He was snoring into my thigh this morning Mm -hmm. while we were sitting on the couch and I was drinking coffee. And I was like, how are you real? So since this week is the gin episode, I thought we could talk about what we would wish for if we had a genie wish. And standard genie rules, no wishing for more wishes, don't wish people dead or in love with you, because that's weird. But you can wish yourself in love with someone else. <laughs> shut, Allie, shut up. That's so weird. <laughs> Allie might be having some wedding jitters. No, I want mm. to be in love with Tom Cruise. Why? That's just so, we're moving on. <laughs> moving on. I don't want to know why. That You you can keep that to yourself. Yeah, we'll throw that thought in the ether. <laughs> and let's keep our wishes to like personal wishes mm-hmm. and not like global, like world peace. like Capitalism. Yeah, none, none of that. So we just want the personal, you know, petty things for yourself. Mine's kind of vapid and I'm okay with it. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm looking for. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean... Normally, I would just wish to be rich because, like, God, do I hate working. It's not for me, and Mm. I never can keep money. Money just, like, leaves me so fast. But I think what I actually just want is a natural, fat fucking ass. I knew you were going (laughs) to say that as soon as you said it's vapid and it's not money. I was like, it's going to be a huge ass. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I'm a little curvaceous. I'm not afraid to admit it, but... I still have zero in the booty department. Like, literally Hank Hill levels of ass. <laughs> yeah. Throwing back It's here. true. I love you so much. <laughs> but you do have yeah. the Hank Hill booty. It is not wrong. I think the first thing you have to change is you need big butt energy. Jordan has I, big I, butt I, energy. Because, like, listen, I don't have a lot. And I may be throwing a dagger back, <laughs> a pointed bony dagger, but I'm still throwing it. True. That's I, I, the, yeah. the that truth. Back. And that is my truth. But... <laughs> You know, and it might not even just be, like, for physical appearance. Like, I would love to know what it feels like to sit. (laughs) I would love to know what it feels like to sit in a movie theater seat or a fold-out chair for more than two minutes without feeling it down my spine. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, chairs suck for me. It's why I never sit on my couch. I'm always in my computer chair because it doesn't hurt my little booty. Yeah. What about you, Allie? I was going to wish... I was always right. But instead, I thought of a better wish. 
I wish that I could put thoughts in people's heads. God damn it. You're so weird. <laughs> why do you Andy. why do you want to incept people, you <laughs> freak? As soon as Andy said that one guy he just makes him think of gay porn all the time. Oh, what a skill that would be. Uh. To just go around or be like or be like thinking about like something really, really weird. Like one of our friends, he always comes up to me and does turtle sex noises. Like what if you could just put that in someone's head? I mean, fun. Do I think there are better things I could be doing with my time? Yes. <laughs> I would but be I get it. endlessly entertained. Endlessly. Oh, Jesus. Poor Ben. <laughs> oh. I'm scared for your marriage. Yes. I don't think I'd do it to him. That's less fun. I think you would resist the temptation for a really long time, and then you would do it once, and it would break the seal. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be constantly doing You're it. You're probably right. You just You're want to telepathically right. girl boss gatekeep and gaslight. All at once. <laughs> yeah. What a mood. What about you, Jasper? What would you wish for? I was going to blurt out a bat cock, but then I was like, that's extremely transgender on Maine. So honestly, like, I think just a billion dollars. I know, I know that's like boring, but that's so much money. Like Mm -hmm. I could literally have anything I wanted forever. And I don't want a lot of stuff. Okay. Like mostly I just want to be alone. I, I don't know. I just, I just think money would solve all my problems. Fair. That's very, very fair. To those who say money cannot buy you happiness, I want to try. I want to test that theory. Give me all your money. Okay. People who say that, most of their problems that would be taken care of by money are already taken care of. Like, people like that are not worried about their rent or their food. All of the things they need are just stupid interpersonal and introspective bullshit things that they can figure out if they just go to fucking therapy. So that's that's the real lesson here, folks, is have money and go to therapy if you want to be happy. (laughs) Like, I know you can still have depression and anxiety. I will take my depression and anxiety with a million bucks, please. Yeah, I can take medication for that if I can afford it. Yeah, exactly. But us out here on our poverty wages. Yeah, me with income so low that I qualify for Medicaid. Not actually funny. Anyway, haha. Moving along. Today's episode is season two, episode 20. What is and what never should be. The one where Dean dreams of Jeannie. This episode was written by Earl Tucker and directed by Eric Kripke and originally aired on May 3rd, 2007. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So I was kind of excited for this episode because I always get excited when an episode doesn't have a cold open because it usually means they're going to do something. (laughs) True. (laughs) You're like, I'm sick of these episodes where they don't do anything. Yes. And then this was an episode where they didn't do anything. Yeah, I was a little little (laughs) disappointed with that. Yeah. I will say, and I was kind of excited because it dealt with, like, again, kind of the looming threat of them being on the run and the police being after them. We love episode continuity. Exactly. But that was kind of the last mention of it. Oh, my God. Speaking of that, when I was pre-watching before coming here to record, my roommate was in the room with me and I was skipping back and forth between some scenes while I was taking notes. And he happened to look up when the license plates were on the screen and he was like, is that not their normal license plate? 
And I was just floored. Like, apparently, I just have this show on in the background so much that my roommate has peripherally learned <laughs> the license plate number of the Impala yeah. well enough to see it on the screen and know it's wrong. That is both impressive and sad. And terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I will say when he has the phone call with Sam, mm-hmm. I was very hyped in the beginning of this episode because, for one, the, all the drawings of Jin look really cool. Yeah. Yeah, in this book. And, like, all of the books. I'm like, do they just always have these books on them? Where are they hiding out in the Impala? This is a lot of research. <gasps> right. I think we're supposed to understand that they're getting a lot of this stuff from libraries. And universities. And universities, yeah. But personally, my headcanon is they also stop by Bobby's whenever possible Mm. to borrow books. That makes sense. My headcanon is someone who's making all these hunter tools is also making a monster manual. A bestiary, if you will. Yes. A bestiary. Bestiary. No, that's their friends. (laughs) That's kind of... Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry, it hit me what you actually said (laughs) as I started talking. But instead of a gin, we just get a skinhead with a bunch of tattoos. I don't mind the way that he looks. I thought it was weird that it was like a very, very, very white guy. Although I will say I don't like it when there's like randomly brown people and they're just there to be a villain. But I don't I didn't mind it. I don't know. So I'll I'll rewind it back again to the hotel scene. So, yeah, I was very excited for Jin because... For one, it's not obscure enough that, like, people haven't heard of it, but it's still something that they really can take their own interpretation with because there's, like, so many variations. So I was very excited for the monster this week. Yeah, well, and I think it's good that they do point out the origin of it being from Islamic culture. That I agree with. I was very excited and then very let down. Because they, like, get the Islamic thing right, but also get literally nothing else right. Sure. We'll agree with you. So... I was hoping they would go more inhuman with the Jin, mm-hmm. maybe take a more of like a take on like an Ifrit or sure, something yeah. like that. That is what I expected. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind them modernizing it, but like, I don't really, I didn't really understand the reference they were going for. Yeah. Um, I will say it was like not my... Like if they were drawing from a particular story or yeah. something. Yeah. I get you. Also, I just keep getting the Danny Phantom song stuck in my head because the glowing blue eyes. I liked the the blue. I actually thought it looked pretty cool. Like the special effects were minimal enough to look good. Kind of like some of the ghostly overlay effects that have been going on in other episodes this season. So I both liked the... Um... I, I agree. I liked the blue eyes. I also mm-hmm. liked the blue hands. I yeah, those the were really cool. magic wispy stuff. I thought the hands were cooler. I also really liked the following along and the reflections. That actually yeah. really hyped me up until like when Dean first walks in. Mm-hmm. That really hyped me up for the Jin because I thought it was going to be more of like this spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. Which we find out it's not. Yeah, I think my problem with the eyes, it kind of looked like someone just took, like, a highlighter blue to the scene. (laughs) Maybe, I think it would have bothered me if it was constant, but it was just here and there. Yeah, yeah, the the monster wasn't in this episode a lot. That uh, I do really like. Yeah, because it wasn't about the monster attacking, it was Mm -hmm. about the dream state. My question to you both is, is I know that because John was a shitty parent and sent Dean on hunts alone a lot, Mm. that Dean is used to hunting alone. But this was not like a vampire Mm -hmm. or just a classic haunting. 
Like, this is not a monster they come across a lot, and yet Dean was like, I'll just pop in real quick and take care of it. I was like, why? I thought it was because he's kind of afraid of Sam going evil. So he's trying to be like, oh, you just hang out there, I'll take care of this. Like, any time that Sam doesn't have to. Or maybe he's feeling restless because he can't go out as much since he's on the run. Yeah. I don't have an answer. I think any of them are equally likely. I think, you know, occasionally people just make really stupid ass decisions. And splitting the party from the beginning is a bad decision. Let me tell you. Or the best. Jesus. This is when Dean kind of comes face to face with a spirit and he gets like genie fingered in the face. <laughs> genie fingered. <laughs> and then he, he gets genie fingered and then he wakes up in the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With this woman. Carbon. I did think it was interesting. I looked up the name Carbon and it means truth. Interesting. Which is interesting because this is like the opposite. Right. Before we get far in, I'm just going to mention even in dr- Dean's dream life, his dad is dead. Yes. Oh my God. And that. There's a couple of instances of that. And just since you brought it up, I'll just, mm-hmm. we can just talk about it now. But he's like totally okay when yeah. he finds out that John is dead. But the the bit that gets me even harder is at the dinner party for Mary's birthday. Mm-hmm. And Sam announces that him and Jess are engaged. And Mary says to Sam, I just wish your dad was here. Mm-hmm. But she's the only one who expresses that the whole time. Like, and they're in a state that's been induced by a wish. Mm-hmm. And that is not Dean's wish. Papa Winchester, stay wherever you stay are. Stay dead, bitch. Yeah. yeah, so he wakes up in the bed with Carmen. So he calls Sam immediately. Yeah. And yeah. I love that the costuming here is such that it tricks you for a second. Mm-hmm. Because Sam is still wearing like a dark red polo with a white mm-hmm. undershirt. Speaking of which, rare Sam arms poking out. True. Early season Sam arms. They don't wear short sleeves that much. Anyway, yeah, so they like mislead you for a second. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, have you been drinking? And that's when you know. I got a message on Tumblr that was relevant to this about their clothing. And it was the coolest thing. This person messaged me and they were specifically saying how their headcanon is that since like they don't have a lot of clothes with them anyways, like they have to have these layers and options. So like if they get stuck with some somewhere, like they have multiple pairs on them. And also the like fact that they're not able to wash things as often. If you have multiple layers, only the outer one or most inner is getting dirty. That's a good point. Thank you, person who sent that message. I will make fun of their layers less. No, I won't. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Also, it's very much of the time. Like, goddamn, in high school, did we layer and layer and layer our clothing? Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to ask is how old is this person? Because if they're younger than us, what I have to explain is that for whatever reason, men in the early 2000s were like, you've got your undershirt, you've got your over the undershirt, you've got your button down, and you've got your fuzzy hoodie and you've got your canvas jacket on top of that for some reason oh yeah and i don't know why that was how men and boys dressed but they didn't look good they did not look good Mm -hmm. unless they were already very pretty and then it just doesn't matter what clothes you wear so this is kind of an interesting scene here when dean Mm -hmm. wakes up so he has the call with sam and we Mm -hmm. immediately are kind of cued into that sam is not in on this that something is up Mm -hmm. But yeah. then he's in the living room, and that's when Carmen wakes up? Yeah. This could be read a couple of ways. 
For one, I'm definitely glad because she was trying very hard to get him back to bed to yeah. sleep with him. Which I'm glad he didn't because, like, obviously he's in a situation. He doesn't know this person. He doesn't know what's going on. But also, he really did not want to sleep with that woman. He just left. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, like, I know that the reason he goes to hang out with his mom instead is because, yeah, his mom died when he was four. And he's yeah. like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? My mom is alive. Like, he's amazed and overjoyed. Wants to make up for lost time and whatever. But... There's also the fact that even before he saw the photo of her, he's just, like, incredibly, like, awkward and, like, okay, like, who are you? Like, like he's not upset, but he's just bemused, I guess. And I feel like the Dean that the show often tries to sell us Mm -hmm. is the sort of, like oh, there's a hot chick in my bed, like, kind of, like, he would jump at the opportunity presented yeah. here, but he's like, mm, no thanks. Yeah. I just like these moments. There's a lot of nuance there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, probably jumping ahead a little, but the way he interacts with her and the way he interacts with Jess during this dream wish thing is just, you know, so indicative of the fact that it's, like, a front that he's presenting like 90% of the time with regards to how he actually would interact with women. Like it's, it's an act. Whether or not you interpret that as like a lack of sexual interest or just actually not being as gross as he acts, up to you. (laughs) Little column A, little column B, who knows? (laughs) I also like how the end of this scene, we don't get kind of revealed what's going on yet sure. fully because we have him drop the picture before he goes to his mom. Yeah. And you don't see who's in the picture. So I just thought that was a really good way of leading us along a little more for the ultimate reveal of Mary. Yeah. Yeah. His mom is beautiful. Oh, my God. All the time. Right. I just saw a picture of Sam Smith like a couple days ago or maybe it was yesterday from the con that's Mm -hmm. going on this weekend oh my god she hasn't fucking aged like at all and like it's not like she has a gajillion dollars or something Mm -hmm. like you know how i'm always on about people being like oh my god this celebrity they're so hot and they're like 70 years old i'm like okay yeah but do you know how much plastic surgery and like skincare and whatever that they Mm do that requires money honey but no, she just fucking looks like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. She's so pretty. Sorry, I just kind of... <laughs> like, look at her, though. You yeah. know? Yeah, and I do like that they put her kind of into a nurturing role very quickly. Mm-hmm. So it very much is the opposite of what John was, like, right off the bat. Right. Yeah. And I think that also kind of plays into maybe an early indicator that this is, like, a fantasy of Dean's. Right. Because yeah. she is so motherly mm-hmm. and a little like one note. Mm. But I think that plays well yeah. with the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And she passes the test. Like, I thought, I'm so glad Dean asked her what she said to him as a kid. Because mm-hmm. um, Dean won it just immediately by. And- right. It does make it sadder when he realizes it's fake because it's all in his own yeah. head. So, of course, she would know. Like, it's yeah. constructed by his mm-hmm. mind. Quick pause. I want to bring up their different nightwear. Mm. I love Carmen's like robe. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? It's not embossed because that's for like hard things. But it's not damask, but like mm-hmm. the 
it wasn't embroidered either, but it had like that sort of like pattern, like part of it was almost reflective looking. You know what I mean? It's just like two different textures going on, but in that baby blue and it's like lightly floral. And I love that it's not like super short, Yeah, you know? It's not like real slutty. It's classy. Mm -hmm. It's elegant. And like realistic as to what someone would wear. Right. Like that actually looks like something Mm -hmm. that a person would put on in the middle of the night if they're wandering out of their room. Although, frankly, I just leave my room in my underwear. I don't bother. But I'm not everybody. everywhere I go. Yeah. I'm also lying. Yeah. You know. I mean, hey, it's it's technically it's legal to have your tits out everywhere in Columbus. True. We're allowed. And then counter to that, Mary is wearing, like, really cozy stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, she has on, you can kind of see it, but not really. She has on that same fucking white muumuu. But then she has the pink and red and white floral robe on over it. It just looks so cozy. I'm like, get me in there. (laughs) It looks warm. The scene after he realizes that it's really her or he believes that it's really her Mm the scene between the two of them and their dialogue together is just so oh it hurts me it hurts my little heart yeah he just looks so like relieved Mm -hmm. and when she's like why aren't you at work and it's kind of he's like well where else would i be oh i mean like i mean that too that too but i mean like at night before he goes to sleep Um, it's like like the way his face looks when Mary touches it, it just like looks like no one has ever touched him with love in his mm-hmm. entire life. <laughs> he just like sinks into it. It hurts my heart so bad. Yeah. We next get him with a professor. I don't like this scene. Personally, it does nothing for me. I like that we get some background about Jin, but yeah, I thought. It doesn't add to the episode, and, like, it it could have been him remembering things from the book or looking up a book on his own. I do like that this is something that he would do if he was researching. Mm -hmm. I just think, like, the dialogue of the scene was bad. Like, I like that he went to the university to try and get more Mm -hmm. info, but he didn't ask towards anything that would actually answer his questions. And, like, it was just sort of a bleh kind of scene. It was like the scene in season one, episode 11, Scarecrow, but if it sucked. And one issue I had with it, when he's asking this professor, he's like, but like, could they really do that? And the professor's like, well, no, they're mythical, but people believe in them. Which, first of all, when you're dealing with things people believe in. Right. That's pretty offensive. He does get some things right. I believe he says they have godlike power and alter reality. And I wanted to go just a bit into the lore of Jin. Please share the lore of Jin and Genie. Yeah. So uh, Jin is like a classification genie and our word genie comes from the feminine version of the word i did not know that yeah so that's what genie are so they're related to jinn interesting okay cool and they are in the quran but they did exist before it but they're spirits of fire and sometimes wind who can take any form they in some cases are said to be the spirits of ancient people who all disappeared at first light so they're only like visible at nighttime. So it's a little complicated because it says some of them converted to Islam, but a big thing is that they're non-believers and that's part of like the monstrosity of them. So it said like humans are from the earth, but jinn are from smoke and come out from smoke. That's really cool. Hence fire and wind. 
Yeah, and they're pre-Arabian. So even before this, and then they were put in the Quran. So this is before the Quran was even written. And there is a little bit that's complicated because back before the Quran, they were kind of like gods, but then they became like lesser evils and they're compared with demons. So is it kind of... And I'm sorry if this is something that like just does not cross over at all, but given the region and mm-hmm. the age of these kinds of myths and monsters, is there any like overlap with Zoroastrianism? Not that I found. Okay. Not that I found. And I'm clearly not an expert. Sure. I'd be interested to know that. Yeah. There's this big argument of whether they are like a classification of devils because they're mentioned with them, but that might have come out with the Quran or after the Quran, so it, it might not be original to the story. Sure, and I think like with the Abrahamic re- religions in particular, mm-hmm. there is a pattern of demonization of previous indigenous religious beliefs. Exactly, and so angels and demons were introduced with the prophet Muhammad, most likely, probably. Yeah. It's again, it gets complicated, and they. Made be a subgroup of angels or demons but the thing is they're not part of the six pillars of islam so islam you have to believe in these six things and one of those is angels but it's not jinn or demons interesting Um, okay yeah and so these are the opposite of all ins these are all jinn which means those who have shape are all ins all jinn are those that are like ephemeral or without shape and they, they are not necessarily bad. Like, they're kind of more chaotic, but they can be maybe more neutral, not probably not perfectly good, mm-hmm. and then lean more towards evil. I'm interested then in the decision to depict Jin as corporeal. That's what I really was bothered by. Yeah. Because specifically... Like, it's the, it's the name of it. Yeah. It itself, it's, not mm-hmm. even implicit, it's explicitly pointing towards incorporeality. And that's specifically where our idea of genies and bottles come from, because it was right. said that they could be trapped in containers. Yeah. Right. Because they're, like, ephemeral, that's the only way, is basically if you shove them in these bottles sure. and put the lid on it. So that's why I have a big issue with this episode because it's really cool lore. And I looked up the ways to get rid of them because people still believe in these today. Yeah, of course. Um, And so to get rid of them, you can recite the Quran, make dua to Allah, observe supplications, perform supergatory prayers, take away things that attract demons or attract Satan, like music, sins, pictures, things like that, and purify your life in general. And I have a really, this is one of my favorite stories that my work best friend told me. So she's Muslim and her mom and aunt, I believe, were writing a paper in college about jinns. So in her culture, you're not supposed to talk about jinns really. And like uh-huh. it said, they'll like mess with you if you're trying to talk about them. And they were writing this paper on this basically really old form of computer. And every time they were writing new things, it would delete what was before it. Oh my god. And they physically couldn't write their paper on jeans wow. because it, the computer or whatever was actively deleting it. I am obsessed with that. It's funny. Yeah, so that this is, is wild. And this is something like people truly believe it. So I I had such an issue with him being like, yeah, it's mythology, but people believe it. Like that is so offensive. That's being right. like, yeah, God's mythology, but people believe in him. <laughs> So I thought this scene, how they use Jin, would be so much more interesting if this was like a 
basically a demon from the smoke that comes out and messes with people. Sure. Or, like, does have this, like, I don't even think the idea of the imagined life is too far off. But if they just did it in less of a, like, hang them up and bleed them dry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want, like, a ivy sucking Slipknot member <laughs> as your Jin. Believe it or not, no. <laughs> it just, it, they could do so many interesting things. The vampirism things. element was a weird yeah. thing to me. But what I take away from it is less literal. Because, mm. because what it's doing is consuming their life essence, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I would assume outside of the context of Supernatural, I would probably conceptualize that in more of, like, a weird Dementor soul-sucking yeah. kind of way. <laughs> but I understand that, like, in myths and stories, mm-hmm. blood consumption and, like, soul-devouring are not mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. concepts. Like, they're thematically related. To me, though, I'm like, what would a djinn want with either of these? Yeah, no. (laughs) I, yeah, totally. Well, so I, also, I think what they were trying to do was, when we think of an American reference for djinn, like, we're all gonna think of, like, Robin Williams' genie Mm -hmm. or something cartoony, and I think they were trying to subvert that and keep it kind of within the mythos of Supernatural, because this very much felt like a Mm -hmm. Supernatural monster. Yeah, it did. So... I get it. It felt like, to me, someone had this idea to put Dean in an alternate universe, basically, and make him live what-ifs. And they're like, well, what could could we mash in this mold to work? And they took a gin. But I'm like, just make something up then. Like, take... I don't care. Sure. Give a fucking Babadook. I don't care what you put in there. (laughs) Yes, queer icon Babadook. Yas queen. (laughs) Like, they even could have brought the trickster back. Yeah, something. And we know there are, like, multiple trickster got like literally anything sure. else yeah no totally and honestly that's my one thing that i don't like particularly about that about mm-hmm. this episode i think everything else about it works really really well for me and that's why i think it annoys me so much it's because <laughs> it's like you put in so much fucking effort and then the last step you're like well fuck that i'm not gonna bake this cake like like you sure so close Sure, sure. I get it. So as Dean is leaving the university, that's the first time he sees, and I'm going to say the word woman in white. Yeah, because that's what it is. That's what they want you to think, especially given that there are a lot of elements of this episode that directly mirror the pilot. Yes. It's what they want you to see. It just fucking threw me because I'm like, we have Jin, we have his mom. Woman in white. (laughs) We got ghosts. We got desiccated corpses in the closet. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. I think this episode works a lot better on a rewatch than Mm -hmm. on a first watch. I'll say that. Mm, Because there's so many things happening at once that it's hard to focus on any particular one Mm -hmm. but if you go into the episode knowing that he's in a fantasy land glimpsing Mm -hmm. reality when he kind of wakes up a little bit then you're not like wait why is he haunted why are there corpses in the closet blah 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 yeah other than you know having skeletons in your closet and things that you keep Mm. secret and metaphors you know you know about them and women and moo-moos that you've maybe murdered yeah we all have those i know i do (laughs) 
we find out two things I really like. One is that when he's with his mom, we find out he's a, a mechanic. I love that. Oh. He works on cars. That's the little perfect guy. Job. You cannot tell me there is any other perfect job that's, for Dean. That's my end game mm-hmm. Dean career. Yeah. And then I love that, that we brought Chess back because I really like that actress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, Something I want to point out about the dream world Mm -hmm. versus the real world, since we're talking about like the daytime stuff, is this is a great example of lighting and color used Mm -hmm. effectively. Mm -hmm. Something we've complained constantly about. (laughs) This is this is good like this is turn up the saturation and Mm -hmm. everything when they're in like the happy Mm -hmm. areas and when they're in the horrible warehouse and stuff it's all grays it's perfect that's what you want that's see you know how to do it now do it (laughs) and it's even more gray when we see the woman in white yeah Mm -hmm. which i love because that's like the reality breaching it yes 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 Yeah, I do like that Mm -hmm. Jess is back. And I do like how happy Dean is that Mm -hmm. Jess is back as well. Yeah, he is absolutely thrilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love how thrilled he is also to mow the lawn. Yes. And he's like, he doesn't know how to turn a lawnmower. No, because he's never had to do it before. But it's so true. The first time you turn a lawnmower, like just watching him try so hard while enjoying yeah. it. Probably my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah, with yeah. the with the cover of What a Wonderful World. Oh, What a Wonderful mm. World. That's right. Yeah, playing in the background. And then Mary watching through the window like, what the hell? <laughs> and he's like smiling at the neighbors while they take out their trash yeah. and shit. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm doing it again. I have to bring up bugs. No! <laughs> I have to bring up bugs because this is in direct opposition to what he said in that episode. Do you remember? Mm. They're going through the plant neighborhood that's being constructed. And he's like, if I had to live like this, I would kill myself. And here he is, happy as a clam, mowing the lawn. Well, it kind of shows like what Dean puts out to the world versus mm-hmm. how he actually feels. Exactly. Yeah. Just like with his attitude and behavior towards women. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I do like that Sam looks like a douchebag. Oh my God, he does. Let's talk about their outfits real yes. quick. Sam looks so bizarre. He's got mm-hmm. on this like athletic gray (laughs) zip-up jacket and underneath it there's this like pastel green and yellow button down it's horrible it feels like he's reliving all the like business dads who were on coke in the 80s right but 20 years too late right well he looks like he's hanging out on the golf course with like (laughs) 50 year old dads Mm -hmm. and like trying to dress like them maybe that like is dean's fantasy like he kind of in his inner head sees sam as like a big nerd so he's gonna be dressed like a big nerd he doesn't look like a nerd though what he looks like to me is a wannabe prep Mm -hmm. you know i hate his hair too oh my god like they part it close to the middle Mm -hmm. and it's like very like his bangs are straightened a little bit it's so bizarre and i think that's the first time we kind of like something's a little off with this world Mm. yeah well it's sam's reaction and their relationship so how they both look and then how they interact with each other jess Mm -hmm. in comparison looks incredible i will point out she does appear in white and red 
true. Yeah. She has like one of those little crop blazers that were so popular at the time. And it's the bright white. She's got the big strap brown leather bag. Her hair is huge. Like her curls are enormous. And she has on like this like floral cami top Mm -hmm. with like this lace trim looks very good yeah. i love i love it and i like the intention put behind her mm-hmm. outfit too yeah very cool. both of them i think the costuming in this episode is so so fun and it's like very clearly meant to reflect a changed attitude in all of the characters yes. mm-hmm. except for dean yes Oh, he looks really good. Like, he looked really young and vibrant in this episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, he really does. I think part of that maybe is just because he actually looks, like, happy and relaxed in this episode. Whereas most of the time he seems very, like, clenched and, like, stressed out. Mm -hmm. So we find out that Sam and Jess are here to celebrate Mary's Mm -hmm. birthday. Yes. And that's kind of when we start to get a little bit, like Allie was saying, a look into their relationship. Dean and Sam's. And Dean kind of sucks in this world. Like, they say he's an alcoholic. It's kind of expected he forgets his mom's birthday. Yeah, it's like everything is different except for Dean. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, his reputation in this fantasy land is the kind of appearance he puts out into the world Mm -hmm. in real life. And I think this starts as his dream, but then also his fears of what he would have been. Right. If he had it like had this kind of horrific life and become a hunter right exactly it's like it doesn't feel to him like Mm -hmm. he's good at anything and he's just a fuck up and everyone around him is succeeding while he's you know in debt and Mm -hmm. an alcoholic and whatever else when they're in the house though did we already pass up the john winchester softball picture oh we did but let's talk about that real quick the only thing i wanted to bring up was it kind of shows a little bit more into how dean still carries a lot of resentment for his dad Mm. because here's the thing this is not our opinion softball Mm -hmm. is not a feminine sport like anyone can enjoy anything but back in the day softball was more associated with women and was kind of seen as more of like a feminine so the fact that his dad was obsessed with being in a softball league i think was dean trying Mm -hmm. to kind of demasculate his father a little bit. yeah take some power away from him yeah and also like in a very sad way the thought of a guy who would be in a softball league at that time is a lot less threatening than their militaristic father right exactly yeah I do think he was glad to hear that his dad didn't get killed by a demon. True. Yes. I do think he was glad to hear that. I wish he was like, oh, your dad got hit by a bus and then run over by a tractor like something. Like, so <laughs> and then eaten by wild dogs. <laughs> and then everyone spit on him. Mm-hmm. That's what happened in, in, in my headcanon. Yeah, it is really sad to think that Dean is unable to have a relationship Mm -hmm. with Sam outside of hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And that he thinks they wouldn't have anything to relate over. Like, motherhood is enough. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing. This is, like, entirely a construction from his Mm -hmm. mind. And I think this is such a reflection of what poor self-esteem he has. Yeah. And, like, how he feels like he's holding his brother back still. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to say about the dinner, do y'all? The clothes. Yeah. <laughs> the clothes were really good. They were really good. Especially the women, they just were really good at dressing up the mm. women in this particular yeah. episode. 
even Dean, I thought, was good because, like, he was a little more formal than usual, but he didn't look like he was wearing anything that Dean wouldn't pick to wear. You yes. know what I mean? His shirt looked really good on him. It was, was just dark blue. One of the two. And he had the black tie with it. Mm-hmm. Sam had, like, a suit. Sam was the one that I thought didn't look so great. It made him look boxy. You know what? I thought he looked fine. I just think gold ties are tacky. Yeah. But I think that fits in really well with the way he sam is portrayed mm-hmm. in in yeah. the dream he is tacky yeah <laughs> but it's because of the people he spends time with mm-hmm. jess was incredible just like that lbd with the big loose hair uh-huh. Ugh, just keep it simple incredible. carmen looked amazing mm-hmm. her whole outfit was just spectacular very similar cut to jess's but like that very deep like oxblood red mm-hmm. and she had the necklace that was the three red drops mm-hmm. vertically and you don't see it at the dinner you see it when they get back home actually but she also has this sheer oxblood red shawl that's covered in like little red uh rhinestones so it's very Ugh. sparkly oh i love her oh, yeah. mary looked so good too she had that bun updo the big pearl bracelet which i thought was really cute and just like the really simple gold necklace mm-hmm. but she was wearing like this deep like midnight blue dress mm-hmm. with like the deep v and like the um what do you call the like when it's like a knot at the bust you know what oh, i mean I know what it's like you a mean. twist I the, yeah i don't know the word something like that but the neckline was just <sighs> sam smith <laughs> anyway so after they get up from the dinner that's when we again see the woman in white yes mm-hmm. and she's much dirtier but dirtier i liked that that was a cool i liked it too builds the tension when he sees her in front of all of them yeah and, and they're like... all just looking yeah. yeah yeah after we see the woman in white we do get back thing i have an issue with is i really do like the newscast when he's sitting down and watching Mm -hmm. tv of the victims that he had saved in the plane crash previously right but i didn't think we needed both that and like him literally being haunted oh so i kind of wish he wouldn't see like the skeletons in the closet Mm -hmm. like having the woman and the white there occasionally i thought was fine but i feel like i really wanted this to be his choice Mm -hmm. which it is but, I mean, if he stays, he's still getting these crazy visions. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would have right. preferred it if he just found out that his hunts had been reversed. Mm-hmm. And then there's the guilt that he's dealing with with that. I That's narratively prefer that. I see. Yeah. Honestly, I, I like the the fake out haunting. Yeah. I think that the desiccated corpses in the closet were a yeah. step too far. Yeah. That was too much. But the fact that there's, like, this quote-unquote ghost of a real dying woman in real life lends some urgency towards the end, I think. Obviously, that's just my opinion. I, like, I think it would have worked really well without it. But then I probably would want no one to be alive in the warehouse except for him after that. Does that make sense? No, I agree. The visual effect of having her there is really cool. And I do think it lends itself to the episode. I just wish we could have put... Yeah, it's like either or is how I feel. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he needs a reason to come back, not so much that, like, kind of forces his Because, yeah, like, with the, seeing the girl and the fake-out mm-hmm. hunt, did we need his hunts being reversed? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just... because it would be cool if, like, it was future things. Like, like he still has things to do and people to help 
rather than being like everything he ever did was negated. Yeah, I just feel like it, his uh, agency got a little bit muddy mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Personally, I kind I still kind of liked him like having both of those scenes for me it was just the additional corpses i was like okay pump the brakes yeah because like if he didn't go hunt those people would have died and i think like if he saw the one thing on tv he would freak out and go look up all the others Mm -hmm. so i'm not really sure how to resolve any of that personally And since, like, the woman in white is the concept of a future life that he could save or not, it also feels necessary. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I love his outfit here. There's something about, like, he just looks really nice in gray. Mm -hmm. It's like that gray and green flannel with, like, the gray undershirt. I love that. I don't think we see that one come back. I don't, because I don't remember it. It's not, like, the purple one that comes (laughs) back a couple times. Since it's very on display here, and there probably won't be another good time to mention it until he's out of the dream, did you notice the uh, necklace difference? So in the dream, he's wearing like a medallion. It looks like a saint pendant, but you can't tell because they're not close enough. But once he's out of the dream, it's the, the little ugly <laughs> samulet thing oh no i did not notice i wish i did my problem i'm really bad at noticing unless it's something like the dog shirt on sam i'm oh really bad gosh. at noticing the boy's fashion because their silhouette never changes that True. makes sense yeah yeah no i'm just always looking at it i'm like what is everyone wearing and what does that say about the <laughs> state of their mind <laughs> yeah they should change the silhouette though i want to see dean with a padded ass i want to see them in skater dresses yeah yes skirts. <laughs> after Ooh. this we get dean breaking in to steal the silver knife no he he visits the grave he visits oh, their dad's grave first i skip that i hate the dad yeah, but this scene is so good. It is a good scene. I will agree. Nah. You don't like it? I didn't dislike it. The only thing I put was the dad's still dead. Good. Yeah, for sure. And I think I like it being there as kind of an echo of children shouldn't play with dead things. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's important to hear Dean say out loud that this isn't fair. True. Yeah. I agree. I like the line, like, what about us? Because, like... They truly do have a thankless job. They can't even tell people Mm. what they do, but they do something so important. Yeah, and I think it's, like, it's an important emotional pivot for Mm. the episode because the last conversation he had before he goes and visits the grave was with Carmen, and he says, I kind of feel like I've got a second chance and I don't want to waste it. And then he's having to face up to the fact that whatever this chance is, he can't have it now. Mm. And the whole idea of like why do i have to sacrifice everything well i think also going to john to talk about this too is important because he knows what john would tell him Mm. right it's kind of showing he's made up his mind as well Mm -hmm. at this point like he's made up his mind but allowing himself to acknowledge out loud that he doesn't want to but then we get the silver stealing Mm -hmm. i love this scene Mm -hmm. i love being reminded of the parts i like about the pilot Mm. you know like just so easily overpowering sam (laughs) when he comes in instead of getting into this big fist fight with him or whatever it's super cute 
And it's also like a little sad because we see a little bit of Dean's self-esteem again where it's just like no one is surprised that Dean would be trying to steal his mother's silver. Yeah, that's what's heartbreaking. Yeah. But also Dean is so suspicious at the same time in this. And then when he tells Sam it's lamb's blood, I'm like, I don't care if this were my sibling. I'd be like, what the actual fuck? Of course I'm not helping you. I don't know. As long as they didn't tell me it was people blood, I would go along with it. Like, I'd rather them say it I was people so blood. Curious. Are you? Okay. I'm not even going to ask if you're serious. I'm just going to. I'm dead serious. I know you're serious. That's why I interrupted myself. So yeah. whatever. My, if my sibling had a vial of blood and a knife, I would be like, let's see where this knife leads. <laughs> I would be very interested. Having been institutionalized before, that would probably not be my first instinct to, to like toss them back in the loony bin or whatever. Personally, I would I would probably ride along and see what was actually going on and try and talk them down later. Well, I'd just be like, you're on your own. Just backtracking very slightly to the stuff about stealing Mary's silverware. Once again, I'm bringing up bugs. Sorry, but he instead of tells telling the truth he's like you really want the truth and then he just feeds him what he wants to hear which is about like debt and you know whatever else because it's going to be easier to deal with sam if he's not hearing some fucking crazy thing true but the other thing that i think is important about this scene that we sort of skipped over is that he very sincerely apologizes to Sam about mm-hmm. wanting to fix their relationship yeah. and like it was a sweet moment. Yeah. Well, and, like that's the only thing that gets through to Sam. Yeah. And I think it reflects that Dean feels like he probably owes Sam an apology mm-hmm. for existing. <laughs> it fucking sucks. I really like all of their banter in the car scene. Oh, yeah. What are you calling me a bitch for? You're supposed <laughs> to say jerk. The Dean's delivery of that is just when he just turns and goes, bitch. <laughs> he's so disappointed, and too. he's having so much fun when he's like, we're not in Kansas anymore. I, that made me chuckle so much. I wish there was only, like, the one, either the Antium yeah. one or the We're Not in Kansas we anymore. Don't we don't need both. But I still like them both. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's, like, obviously, yeah, he's, like, going to the dream world or whatever. And that's, yeah, Wizard of Oz. But I also think, like, it's reflected in the color and lighting in the episode as well. Like, mm. in, where the real world is, mm-hmm. like, very gray and drab. And yeah, the fantasy land is very vibrant. Also what are you referencing wizard of oz for some kind of friend of dorothy's <laughs> that's what i was gonna say uh don't interrupt me Allie. but yeah anyway something lgbt is going on you don't need to reference that movie how far is it to drive from kansas to illinois would this take like all night basically yeah okay yeah, and Sam was definitely a trooper, especially after yeah. having his phone thrown out the window. I would have been so mad. I love that. He was mm-hmm. so casual about it, too. I love it. He just, while Sam is talking, is rolling down his window, and he just <laughs> takes it and throws it, <laughs> like, without a pause or anything. They did make sure t- that you could see that it was a Verizon oh, phone, though. Oh, my gosh. Every time. Every time. Gotta get that money. 
at least like in this show like product placement has been worse in other cw shows so Mm -hmm. i will take my verizon phones occasionally true oh my god like the product placement in riverdale do you remember the one season where they were really repping bumble (laughs) i think it was like season three they were always on bumble and they were like like, y'all are literal children yeah they were like kevin you don't need to cruise through the woods (laughs) at midnight to hook up with random 50 year old adult men you can just get on bumble look it's so easy your old men come right to you (laughs) (laughs) i would love to see that in supernatural though honestly yeah dean you don't have to search heaven and earth for your gay angel just get on bumble i would love to see dean running in the woods at midnight cruising though too true that'd be a good setup for an episode like a good cold open like, you think, like, a monster is coming to snag, like, some kind of Twinkie runner. But no, it's, it's Dean. Dean. <laughs> <laughs> At first I thought you meant Dean was the twink, and I'm like, yeah, sure. No, he is. Dean is the twink. He is the twink. Okay, go Have you seen him? <laughs> okay, so they arrive to the same scene as earlier in the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is when Dean realizes he's in a dream. Yeah. I find the scene where his dream family confronts him to be extremely disturbing. Oh my gosh, this would give you PTSD if nothing else has. Having your mom tell you that you should die. Yeah. Horrible. And when she says it's better than anything you ever had. Yes. Owie. Owie. Ouch, ouch, ouch. And knowing that all of that is coming, again, directly From from his psyche. Yeah, the whole, like, the way that the family is arguing, like, the haven't we done enough, it's not, like, trying to convince him that this isn't a dream. It's like, yes, this is fake, mm-hmm. but it's so much better than your reality. Right, yeah. That was well done. I liked that. I love that Sam echoed Dean's sentiments exactly yeah. from mm-hmm. when he was visiting John's grave. I think that was the thing that was the most unsettling. I really like the resolution to getting out of the dream because, like, that's a real wives' tale to kill yourself to get out of a dream. Like, we've all heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a really fun way to get out of it and the stakes were high. I think also, though, his willingness to die. Like, if I die, that's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Every other episode, it's like, hey, remember Dean is suicidal? Yeah. Yeah. It hurts me. Yeah. The genie's kind of terrifying. Yeah, I did like the way they utilized light and shadow in the Mm -hmm. fight where it was like creeping up on them and like with the glowing Mm -hmm. eyes. And I enjoyed too, um, and this is actually backtracking into the dream a little bit, but when they're spying on the genie with the girl, he like strokes her face with the magic. It was very creepy. Yeah, the genie's like, or I keep saying genie. I'm sorry. The gin is weirdly sensual, which it is a choice. It's an interesting choice. Something about like sensual movements imposed on something monstrous is just kind of spooky. Uh, I think. I'm very interested in the way they have Dean react to the girl when they get her down. Yeah. Like he is so freaked out in a way he isn't usually with victims in their cases and i think it's probably indicative of extra guilt yeah because he almost wasn't able to save her because he wanted to hang on to his fantasy and all the while she was just dying but there's like a desperation there that doesn't usually become present unless he's concerned about sam yeah and i really like 
I know Sam gets the phone call later, but I really like that it shows they, like, took her in, gave their information. Yeah, to follow up. Yeah, they follow up. Like, I thought that really showed how much this meant to Dean. Right. Well, that, and this is one of the first victims where, like, he really had a lot of control in her fate, Mm. too. Right. The uh, conclusory conversation that they have at the end is the most earnest Dean has been Mm. since, like, the in-between scene from uh, Croatoan and Hunted, in between 9 and 10. Yeah, it's so hard to watch him tell his brother that he didn't want to come back. It really is. And I was very interested in the fact that they don't have Dean respond at all when Sam is like, well, our life isn't fair, but it's worth it. And they just sort of like, he just looks kind of dubious. He's Mm -hmm. like, uh, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that part was. It's it's intense. Also, they don't have him react really at all to the El Sol ad in the magazine, which I thought was equally as crushing. Yeah. yeah. To look at that and be like, oh, that's the only reason that beer was in there. That's the only reason that woman. Yeah, the ending of this episode was pretty devastating. And mm-hmm. like, I was hoping that we were going to get some kind of character development out of Dean throughout this episode. And I think in some ways we did. He opened up more about how everything feels kind of meaningless and like his hunting and everything. Mm. But I wish it would have just pushed us a little with him. And also I wanted to ask you both a question. Do you think this episode belonged here in this season? Like before the finale? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I agree. I would have preferred it mid-season. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it it was solidly a season two episode. And I say that because it's out of tone completely with Dean's behavior in season three for plot mm-hmm. reasons that I cannot share with you yes. at this time. And I know we briefly talked about this earlier before we started recording, Jordan. But yeah. I also think that going into All Hell Breaks Loose Part 1, which Jordan has already watched... <laughs> Knowing that Sam dies at the end of it, ending this episode with Dean being very unconvinced that what they do is worth it, Mm -hmm. that not having a family and a life is worth the people they save, I think it's an important tonal space to be in. Fair. If that makes sense. So, like, we go into All Hell Breaks Loose feeling like uh, there's a sense of, of emotional dread. I think like something emotionally devastating is going to happen if not physically devastating. Yeah. So I think it's a good setup in that regard. Do I wish that episode 20 right before a two part finale was a little more related to the overarching plot? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But I think this final conversation with his dubiousness about their work paired with Sam's reassurance that they do have a meaningful an important relationship and he's glad to have that with Dean is equally important. I think it was important. I think I would have preferred episode 17, um, the werewolf one. Oh, right here. Right here. I think especially with it's the loss of Sam in the next episode and I get that like we really have to know where Dean is headspace wise, but I think that would have just narratively carried over yeah i agree with that if if it had been like what is and what never should be and then heart and then all hell breaks loose part one that would be paced really well 
I yeah, absolutely. That would have been really nice. I agree. Yeah, just like one more. I I think like the intense focus on Dean feels a little out of place right before the end. And I think, and we can talk about this a lot more when we wrap up season two, but there's something a little odd about the fact that the main overarching plot of this season is so focused on Sam, Sam's powers, his interactions with the yellow-eyed demon, all of this stuff and yet the focus is so heavily on dean right before the finale episodes makes me very excited to watch the final episode of this to see how it all wraps up now so are we ready for the fanfic i am so ready for the fanfic i didn't try very hard to find like an obscure one for this you know Mm -hmm. i like i like to do ones that are maybe a little less well read but this time i said Fuck it. Let's go with one of the classics. Classics. Classic with a Q. (laughs) This week's fic is Path of the Fireflies by Musaway. Summary, after his humanity is restored, Dean wakes up in bed with Castiel, wedding ring, and no memory of the past 12 years. That's a long time to not remember. This was completed in April of 2015, so it is older. When I say classic, I mean it's been in circulation for a while. I guess it's not circulation because it's not going anywhere. But it's like pre-finale. Yes. Mm. It's a while ago. A very long while. Guess how many hits this has? 112,000. And 37. Well... You were very close. It's 107,920. We were like 5,000 off in that side. I know. That's why I was like, oh, okay. Allie, the fanfic reader, know yeah, her numbers. That's actually what I knew. I've read this 12 times. Incredible. <laughs> it's around 64K, so it's a good, it's a good chunk. It's a oh, short okay. novel length. I have read this. It is very good. Oh. Just in case you're wondering. It's rated M. So not as porny as some of the other things <laughs> that <laughs> I that I bring up on here. Masturbation. I was gonna say maybe some sex question mark. Mm. Well, the difference is like in rated M stuff, it's very euphemistic and mm. like pretty, and like rated E stuff is all like very explicitly detailed. Throbbing like, sausage. N- no. That's what Jasper reads. No, that would be M actually. Oh, damn it. Yeah, like rated E is more likely to actually talk about balls and like describe sex acts very specifically. Mm. I feel like we've had this conversation maybe in a previous episode. Just this week I had a high schooler try to explain to me what smut is. As if you didn't know. In fan fiction and I'm like, I just walked away. (laughs) That's probably a good reaction. (laughs) That's probably a good reaction to have. The only one. (laughs) So the relationships are Cass and Dean, and then there's also Sam and a original female character. The other characters include just a bunch of OCs and Balthazar. The tags are Future Fic, Falling in Love, Bed and Breakfast, Vermont. It's a classic Bed and Breakfast in Vermont fic. I love that. I love it too. That's why that's what (laughs) my fic is also. There's also Amnesia. Human cast, AU, depression, domestic fluff, and happy ending. So not a lot of tags there. Can I just say, I much prefer minimal tagging. Yes. I don't need to know every single fucking thing. That's something that drives me up the wall. I'm like, let me just experience 
the sex scenes, why do you need to tell me every single thing that happens in them? Yeah. There's nothing that will make me pass up thick faster than like a 30 item long list of sex acts i'm like leave something up to you know like i want to find out about it you don't have to tell me unless like it's gonna be like a trigger you know what i mean just yeah. like yeah. say it's smut like come on dude yeah. just lead me into the boudoir but what if you're yeah. really into i don't know peeing on people Okay. I'm pretty <laughs> sure people would tag for that though I because know. that's like a niche weird thing. I said it. I'm like, this is a bad example. Yeah, like tag genre sexual things True. that people search for, but like I don't need to have like Anal assholes touching or oh, right. assholes touching. Right. Like like caress. if there's anal sex, just say anal sex. Like we don't need to have like anal barebacking, anal fisting, rimming, <laughs> felching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you just don't need to have all of that. Like, chill out. And now I'm off my soapbox. It was a good soapbox to be on. I just want you to be on a soapbox that's lab- labeled smut slut. <laughs> I think that's you, Allie. It's Yeah, that's not. you. That's you for real. Yeah. <laughs> no? I like how Allie says these stuff and then we turn it around on her so fast and then she's always aghast. <laughs> Like, I can't leave this in the universe. No. Ali is definitely the one finger pointing out, the four fingers pointing back at you. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Exactly. Anyways, are we ready to rate the episode? I, I'm ready. All right. Ooh, this is a rough one. I feel like a lot is writing on this rating because we really built this episode up beforehand. I don't know if you're all here for this conversation, but... There were some varying opinions of this episode mm-hmm. before we went in Oh here. my god, I walk into the room and they're like, mm, I don't know about this episode. And Allie is like, I hate it. And I was like, what the fuck okay. is wrong with y'all? Fact check. What happened was Jasper came in and was like, Jordan, I'm going to convince you to like this. I'm like, you like this? Yeah, that's actually more accurate. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of the dynamic of this podcast. I feel like mm. you both are like opposite ends of the spectrum at all point and then i'm just kind of somewhere in the middle yeah and we're We're like pulling you yeah and then i'm like oh no my opinion has so much weight i hate this nobody should ever be exposed to my opinion okay the wild thing with me and Allie though is we tend to rate everything the same yeah but like disagree for different reasons jordan what would you rate this okay so i'm gonna give this hmm, a 3.5 because here's the thing i don't think this is a bad episode i felt like this episode is out of place in the season Mm. i just wish it was slightly earlier i wish we could have had instead of kind of this really melancholy episode before the finale i wish i could have had something a little more aggressive and a little bit more related to the overarching plot also i really really liked dean in this episode I don't know if there was much outside of Dean that I super appreciated, but mm-hmm. Dean was able to carry most of it. Wasn't a huge fan of the monster. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it 3.5 women in the white dresses, because that's probably how many white dresses we had in this episode. Moo moos! <laughs> what about you, Allie? I'm so torn on this because some of it's good. Some of it really sucks. The gin thing is haunting me just how much they messed this up. So I'm going to give it 3.25 misappropriations out of five. Oh, wow. Okay. What about you, Jasper? Well, as you probably guessed, I'm going to rate this higher than you. I'm going to give it a four out of five El Sol beers. Oh. 
I like that they tried something new with the monster. Mm-hmm. I love when we have a new monster that we learn lore about. Yeah. But I don't like how they did it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there are just like a couple of moments that I was like, eh, I'm not so sure about like the dialogue here or whatever. But like overall, there are so many things to enjoy for like me personally. And it's not just because Dean is my son and I want to put him in my pocket. <laughs> like I just, I love the way costuming and color was used. Mm. I'm really interested in like the what ifs of it all. The way they continue to shit on John by him just not being there. True. Yeah. And the exit of this episode is just so devastating and graceful. That is true. So. Fair. (laughs) Well, Jordan already knows what happens next. I do, but I've only gotten half of the story because it is a two-parter. Yeah. Jordan Um, pre-watched All Hell Breaks Loose Part 1. All three of us were supposed to, apparently, but I did not because I misunderstood yeah it's okay so we're gonna we're gonna skip that segment Mm -hmm. for today save a couple of minutes of editing time for me (laughs) (laughs) thanks for tuning in to on the road with supernatural our theme music was composed by anthony ployhar and special thanks to sophia london for our logo if you're having fun hit us up on tumblr instagram or twitter at otr supernatural or contact us by email at on the road with supernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback that's all for today see you next time in cold oak south dakota bye bye bye